Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. For about 14 years, I carried a letter folded up in my wallet. It was a, it was a letter from uh, my daughter that was written about, uh, actually, 18 years ago. Uh, it was a uh, it was a letter expressing her gratitude uh, to me as, as a father. Uh, I'm, I'm my daughter's second father, and uh, she wanted me to be sure that, uh, uh, that she loved me. And she wanted to put this in writing and send it to me, so she did. She emailed it to me, and I printed it, folded it up, and put it in my wallet. And every now and again, I would pull it out and read it uh, just to remember uh, the words of my daughter meant the world to me. I uh, kept it in my wallet until it disintegrated. Uh, I don't, I don't have it anymore. But uh, I, I remember uh, the kind words and the sweetness. She actually wrote the letter uh, after uh, my grandson, who's actually here with us this morning, uh, was born. Uh, because of of how difficult it was to raise him, she wanted me to know how grateful she was. No, 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 no. Absolutely not at all. Uh, she just wanted me to, she wanted me to know, uh, because as a, as a parent now, with, with new eyes, realizing what it's like to be a parent, she wanted me to know how grateful she was. Um, it's so great to have, by the way, my, our family here. Uh, we have uh, my grandson and grandnieces, three grandnieces, one grandson, and my sister-in-law is here. Uh, Dana's sister is here on this row right there. Uh, and it's really, really, really cool to have them here, uh, especially today. It's, it's really good to have you. It's good to express to your parents, thanks. Uh, it's good to say thank you. And uh, this is what Jesus did. This was his practice as he spoke. He always made reference to the father he was so grateful for and who he loved. I don't know if you realize this, and maybe when you go back and read through uh, your devotions, read through the Bible, see that, look for that. Look for how often Jesus makes reference to his dad, to his father. And uh, uh, how every conversation is... Uh, it involves some shout out to his dad or some thanks to his father, um, the credibility of who he is from his father, all connected to his very great relationship with his father. Jesus is who he is because of his father. Now, we all can um, tell stories of, of people that we know that are great in spite of their father, right? We heard a testimony this morning from a, a wonderful a lady who is a wonderful lady, and I don't know, Gundula, if you would say this or not, but uh, you're great in spite of your dad, maybe. I, we don't, I don't know your whole story. But a lot of us have that story, right, uh, that we are okay and functioning in spite of the fact uh, of the fathers that we, we know. We know a lot of stories who are, uh, a lot of people who are great, even though their parents are maybe an alcoholic or possibly... Um, you have a dad in prison, but, uh, you know, my dad's in prison, but I'm honest. My father slept around. I don't. Uh, there's this, all these decisions that, that people have made in spite of their parents. The fact is, though, that Jesus is who he is because of his father. And he operated and functioned out of that deep relationship with his father. And the goal for us is that we, too, would understand how incredible the Heavenly Father is his testimony this morning 
so well put. Our Heavenly Father loves us in a specific way and in a wonderful way that should motivate us and inspire us. And regardless of the fathers that you have, that you've had, uh, we are invited today to actually operate and function out of a deep relationship with our Heavenly Father. And the term Heavenly Father is interesting because the, the fact of the matter is, is that, yes, even though uh, our Heavenly Father is in heaven, He's also here. He's everywhere. Uh, the, the everywhere Father is here with us, and we can function and operate, and we need to. We're asked to function and operate from that deep relationship with the Father. And there's another responsible Father here who's uh, taking care of this one. Uh, I love it. By the way, this is New Song Family Church. Uh, this is not New Song, uh, just single people or no kid families. This is, yeah. So we, we love kids. Um, this morning, I, I want us to look at one passage of Scripture that shows uh, this incredible relationship of Jesus the Son with Jesus his Father. And I want to show you this in John 16. This is, John 16 comes after a long conversation with his disciples that began uh, with a washing of the disciples' feet. So you have Jesus coming, he's washing his disciples' feet, and he starts this conversation. They have a meal together, he starts this conversation that leads to ultimately uh, the cross, right? From those conversations, then he goes to the garden, and then ultimately he's crucified so that we can have, we can have salvation. But I want us to look at John 16. Look at this relationship. John 16, verse 22. So also you have sorrow now, as Jesus is talking about that he's leaving, but I'll see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Who's he, who's he encouraging him to ask? His father. Uh, we keep reading in John 16, verse 26. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. You see this? constant reference to the Father in every conversation. Let me, this, this is worth seeing as well. Verse 32 in chapter 16 of John. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you'll be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet, Jesus says, I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You see how every conversation, every thought, every, every help that Jesus gives us is in reference to his relationship with his Father. And not only was this what, what creates in him this constant uh, love, uh, the greatness of Jesus is related to the greatness of his Father. He wants us also to be connected deeply to his Father so that we also can function in a way that's, 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 that's wonderful and, and great. We need to be extensions of our relationship with the Heavenly Father, with the Father of Jesus. Let's keep reading. John 17 starts this focus shift from talking to his disciples then to talking to his Father. 
Uh, John 17 is an incredible passage. It's a whole record of a prayer of Jesus. And uh, I invite you this morning to just walk with me through these details of these words because they're so inspirational. This is John 17 is probably one of the most studied uh, and uh, and very often memorized uh, prayer of Jesus. It's it is such a detailed, incredible, inspirational, life transforming prayer. If you but you you've got to go through it word by word, letter by letter, sentence by sentence. Let, let's start reading. Let's read together. John 17 verse one. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. This prayer is... God, I've done what you've asked me to do. I have glorified you. I've expressed you here. And this expression of God, uh, this expression of the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, leads us to the point of salvation. This expression from his Father is, means salvation to you and to me. The relationship of Jesus to his Father results in salvation to you and I. Now we see this in Scripture. This is this Deep, deep relationship. The Father's ministry, uh, Jesus' ministry was a total and complete extension and expression of his relationship with his Father. And he invites us also to into relationship with his Father so that we also can experience this, this greatness, this joy, this salvation. Verse 6 says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. His prayer is a shout-out to his dad. It's everything that I am, everything, the salvation that you have is because of my relationship with my father. And he invites us to know him. He says eternal life is what? To know the father. To know the Father. This morning as we consider Father's Day, we consider good and bad relationships with our fathers. Good and bad dads. You need to understand so clearly that the relationship that we have with the Heavenly Father is a must. It's critical. We can't live without it. And so this morning, the invitation for you and for me is to understand the incredible, extraordinary Father that we can have in Him. Jesus said, I came and I was an, a total extension of my relationship with you, the Father. To know you is to know life. To know you is to have eternal life. And this is the whole point and purpose of Jesus coming in his ministry, that we would experience him. Father's Day is a celebration of fathers actually inaugurated uh, in the last century. Uh, it was inaugurated by a young lady who was one of six children who was raised by a single dad. And an incredible father, and he, she wanted to say thank you to her father. Uh, she, was, she was motivated to do this uh, after the church's celebration of Mother's Day. Mother's Day, she went to the pastor afterward and said, you know what, we need to celebrate dads. We need to say thank you to dads because basically my dad is not just my dad, he's also my mother. Now, I believe you're being mom and dad today too, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, all right. 
You gonna share a lolly with me? No? Lolly? Nothing for me? Okay, all right. Next time. I'll try next time. Father's Day was inaugurated by this lady, though, who kept pushing for fathers to be recognized, which is, which is extraordinary. Ultimately, though, this push and drive only took place towards the end of the 20th century in the 60s, and this was a celebration then that was celebrated. Uh, very, it really took off when, when grocery stores and department stores, clothing stores realized they could make money for celebrating on this day. That's really how it took off. Uh, it, was, it was financially motivated. It's now celebrated in 111 countries. And, of course, in Namibia, uh, we all celebrate Father's Day. So uh, very successful. But I love the fact that this all started because of a, a young lady's incredible uh, love that she had received from her, her father. I love that. I, I love that that was the motivation for this day. We, we live in a world today where, of course, everyone has a different father experience. And I, I realized this morning as we continue to talk about Father's Day that uh, many of you in this room uh, may not have the best, best memories or understanding of what a father is. Our world, we live in a world where the genders are at war. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, but largely because of people who are supposed to be in a particular role, a mom or a dad, have not done their jobs. And this has sparked this, this gender war. Women for centuries uh, have been marginalized by men. Uh, women for centuries have been either misogynized or, or basically put down, disregarded, overlooked, underestimated by men. We see this reflected throughout our society, whether it's in literature, whether it's in uh, how government is put together, uh, the way schools, uh, life, life in general, women have been put down. Uh, we see this in poems, we see this in music, uh, I, I'm not going to even bother this morning to give you the whole long list of music that is still being written today by, by artists uh, who, uh, treat, who treat, who treat um, women as objects as, as opposed to actually people. In response, uh, women have marginalized men. And so this battle has, has started. We see this in music, we see this in, in so many different spheres of life. I think about this morning, the song from Tammy Wynette, uh, uh, the song that is entitled Stand By Your Man. Have you heard that song? Uh, probably many of you can sing that song with me. Ladies, do not sing, please, I beg of you. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a few lyrics here. Uh, sometimes it's hard to be a woman, uh, giving all your love to just one man. You'll have bad times and you'll have good times don't, doing things you don't understand. But if you love him, you'll forgive him, even though he's hard to understand. And if you love him, oh, be proud of him, because after all, he's just a man. Um, so Tammy Wynette actually survived three marriages before her death in 1998. Uh, her song encouraged women to love their man because of how woeful inadequate he is not because they're great. Love him because, after all, he's just a man. Look, today we're aware that the term father conjures up so many different images for each individual, but God created a universal need in all of us to have a father loving and nurturing us. We all have that need regardless of the kind of father that we had, and we desperately need the love of the Heavenly Father. God, through His great mercy, comes to us to be that father that we need. Our God is father to us, a good father. 
But our focus has to change. We'll always be able to see the weaknesses of our earthly fathers. Every one of us can probably give a list of the weaknesses of our dads. Uh, I can, I will not today. I was actually raised by an incredible father, and he'll listen to this sermon later on. So I want him to know from my, my mouth that I had an amazing father. Still no lolly for me? I want to know what your Jewish ancestors I'll lick it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. I had an amazing dad. And my father still means the world to me. My father's still living. My father is still actively being an amazing dad. Uh, he's preaching on a regular basis. He's 87 years old and continues. Uh, but even I, who is so blessed to be the son of a loving, caring, protective, nurturing father, realize that my dad is not enough to meet my deepest needs. And, and I, I know he, he, he's heard that from me, and he'll, he'll hear it later when he listens to this sermon. At some point, all of us, we have to look past our early fathers and see our heavenly fathers. He is truly our only help. And this morning, it's worth saying that we desperately need earthly fathers, so biological fathers, to step up. But our biggest problem is actually not our earthly fathers. Our greatest problem is not the ones who uh, were the, are, are basically the, the ones who are the reason why we exist right now. Those biological dads, they're not our problem. Our greatest problem is our disconnection with the one who can really satisfy. The fact of the matter is, is that at some point in my relationship with my own dad, even though he's great, I had to realize that my dad could not do everything for me. My dad could not meet every one of my needs. I remember him uh, one day standing up teaching Bible study uh, at a church that uh, we were part of. My dad's a pastor. And uh, him just sharing very openly to all of us that at some point he realized that he could not be everything he needed to be for me. I was actually in the Bible study listening to my dad. I was 19 at the time, listening to my father actually confess to me and to everyone in the room that he was woefully inadequate to be the kind of dad he wanted to be. I'll never forget that day because it was such a day of freedom for me, realizing that my dad understands, he understands too, that he is not enough for me. It was a, a complete day of freedom. I, I put bitterness aside. I stopped being frustrated with my, my dad because I realized that my dad understood that just like me, he also needed Jesus to be his guide. He needed his heavenly father. And, and that was such a great day for me to realize, wait a minute, my dad realizes that he can't be everything that I need. He went on to say, he says, I, not only can I not be everything that my, my, my son needs, my sons, he has two sons, so, uh, but he realized then that he needed to pray. And then he needed to ask God to truly be our father. And that's when he said, I pray every day that my kids will, will understand the love of Heavenly Father. I just stopped complaining about dad from that day on. I've, I really, I've never complained about dad since. Nothing to complain about. And let me tell you, my father has done a spectacular job of loving me and being my dad. My, my standard as a 19-year-old from my father was, was something that was way too high for any father, for any human being to, to, to strive to, to be. 
And the kind of expectations I've had of dad were the expectations now that I have of God. And that God would be that father for me. And God has and continues to be the most extraordinary father that I could ever imagine to be, to have. Praise the Lord for God the Father. Praise the Lord. Jesus, because of his relationship with his father, commissioned by his father, glorifies his father by giving us salvation. Everything Jesus is, is an expression of his relationship with his father. And he invites us to also deepen that relationship with our father. Jesus celebrates his relationship with his father all the time. That's the whole, that's the whole prayer in John 17, is the celebration of his relationship with his father. Everything is related to his relationship with the father, everything he says. Since in John chapter 17, verse 2, since you have been given, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him, and this eternal life that you know, that they know you, that the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Verse 4, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. He continues to pray. We see this in verse 9. He continues to pray. And this is his thank, thankfulness to God that God the Father sanctifies us. God not only gives us salvation, he also gives us sanctification, sets us apart. This is all connected to that relationship with the Father. Verse 9, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. What an extraordinary prayer from Jesus. All in reference to the Father's activity in our lives, his Father activity in his life. It was all about that relationship. He and the Father, the Father and him, and us in him, and us in the Father. What an extraordinary relationship. He's not praying that we would be removed from the world, but that we would be protected from the evil one. And in verse 18, he goes on, he keeps praying. He says, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. You realize that the great commission, the, the commission to go and be evangelists, to, to be a disciple makers, is, is out of the same commandment that was received by the Son from his Father. Jesus only passing to you and to me what was passed on to him by his Father. Evangelism is a direct result of Jesus' relationship with his Father to invite others to have a relationship with his Father. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Praise the Lord. Jesus loves us enough to send us to this difficult world because he was sent to the difficult world by his Father. He's only passing to us what was passed to him. 
And this commissioning is directly from the Father himself. And this commissioning goes to not just the generation of, of who Jesus was making reference to when he was praying at that moment with his disciples, but he was also praying for those that would come to faith after them because of them. You and me. This prayer is about you and me. This prayer is for you and me. That, that multiple generations would come to faith because of this prayer of Jesus and because of this relationship that we can have with the Father. This prayer is not only about the apostles, the ones he was hanging out with at that moment, who heard this prayer. We have this prayer recorded because John, who was with him, heard it and recorded it and put it down. What an incredible prayer. His prayer went on, not just that the multiple generations of people who came after them would come to faith, but that also, too, there would be unity. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, the Father, are in me, and I in you, and they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's this unity that he's praying for that comes only in relationship with the Father. We need to work hard at, as, as believers, to, to, to make sure that our understanding of who God the Father is transforms into something accurate instead of being prejudiced by the relationship that we might have with our earthly fathers. And God invites us to, to increase our affections for the Father who really does care, the one who is worthy of our praise and our attention. Jesus, the Father, uh, the Father through Jesus Christ gives us salvation. The Father through Jesus commissions us to the generations of people who need to hear the gospel for salvation. That's all directly a line drawn right back to Jesus' relationship with the Father. He's asking that we would experience the same love that Jesus has with his Father. Let me keep reading. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. You sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I may known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. May they experience your love the same way that I experience your love. That's what he's saying here. May they be as loved as I know that I'm loved by you, Dad. Jesus is saying that <laughs> he's told everyone about his dad. He's proud of his dad. And he wants people to experience the same kind of attention and love and compassion that he's experienced by his father. It's funny the things you remember as a kid. Uh, I had this memory of my dad uh, years ago when I was uh, <coughs> had a friend over at the house who wanted to play tennis. We lived on this uh, uh, a seminary campus, this huge piece of property, and on the property there were dormitories, there were classrooms, and uh, on on the grounds there was also some tennis courts. Uh, th that's what we did back then. We 
we studied the Bible and played tennis. Uh, <laughs> and we would always take the tennis court uh, net down uh, because the sun would just bake it. We didn't leave it up. And so my friend was over, and my friend and I decided we wanted to play tennis. And so I carefully, very carefully asked Dad if he wouldn't mind helping me put the, the net up. He said, I'll take care of it. Got it. And uh, so he went and grabbed the net, and uh, I watched. My friend and I watched him put this net up and measure it perfectly and, you know, get it tight and ready for us to play. And uh, I remember sitting there watching Dad do this with my friend, thinking, that's my dad. That's my dad. Uh, my dad's helping us. And uh, my friend thought that I had the coolest dad in the world who would actually help us, you know, stop what he was doing. He actually stopped work. He had an, a, an office at home. This is before COVID. Uh, but he worked from an office from home. And uh, <laughs> he stopped what he was doing and came and helped us uh, put the net up. Little things like that. And I have these memories throughout my life of these little bitty things that dad did. And also my mother, of course. That's for Mother's Day. But all these memories, uh, these things, where I, I, I saw that my dad loves me. And I, I cherish those to this day. As trivial as they may seem to anyone hearing this story, uh, I cherish it. I appreciate that dad stopped and took the time to put a net up for me. And I can tell you many more stories where dad would just stop his work and listen to me. Uh, he would uh, allow me to ask him questions, dialogue with me. Uh, Dad always had time to help me through some spiritual trauma or some discipleship area in my life that I just didn't understand. Something I didn't understand about God or didn't understand about the world. My dad was always available to stop everything he was doing and listen to me and help me and guide me. I still quote uh, passages of scripture that my dad gave me in those moments. They're still very cherished uh, scripture passages, Bible passages that, that mean the world to me because of, because of my dad who took the time. God wants us to grow our relationship with, with God the Father. It wants us to operate out of that love, out of that affection. Uh, our early fathers, the best thing they can do for us is to, is to point us to that, to that relationship, to the relationship of the Father. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus the whole ministry of Jesus was an extension of his great relationship with his Father. And, and God desires that we operate as well as an extension of our great relationship with God the Father. That's the invitation. That's the invitation. That's the whole point of his prayer was that we would understand the beauty of their relationships so that we could also taste and see that beauty in our own lives with God the Father. The same love that Jesus experienced from his Father is the same love Jesus wants us to experience with his Father. That's the gospel. We're invited to this incredible, deep, wonderful relationship with the Father of Jesus. And we're invited to speak to him directly and to enter into that sweet relationship with him. This is the Father that gives us life. This is the Father that, that gives us salvation, that gives us joy, that gives us not just life but eternal life, life that, that goes beyond this planet. That's the invitation. This is the Father that knows us, knows us in detail and is obsessed with us. We see this all through Scripture that he is obsessed, he's obsessively loving. I, obsessive kind of sounds like a negative term, but in, in regards to the love of God for us, wow, uh, it, it is just over the top the way he loves us. We've, we've talked about these in other sermons and other, uh, this term, we, we reference it a lot. You, you've heard me talk about my bald head. 
uh, often. Uh, but, but, but God loves me enough to count every hair on my head. And, and God the Father has to keep a constant count on my head because I always lose. You know, he's like, okay, one minus one minus two. But this is the obsessive love of the Father for us. Extraordinary love. Not to mention his incredible justice, his fairness, his incredible power. This is the Father I'm talking about. This is the Father that's always available, even more so than my dad. Uh, let's go back to the, the Father who knows us in detail, Psalms 139. That's what it says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my every thought. When far away, you chart the, much better than a smartphone. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment, you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. Don't you hate it when your parents know exactly what you're going to say before you say it? You both proceed and follow me. He's ahead of us. He's behind us. You place your hand of blessing on my head. That's when he's counting my head. That's when he puts his hand up when he counts. Hand of blessing on my head. He's ahead of me. He's behind me. This is the father I'm talking about. This father is available. Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, right? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and he'll do what? I'll give you rest. The passage does not say, I'll give you a lecture. Or I'll tell you where you blew it. Or I'll tell you how you could have done it better. No, I'll give you rest. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He's available. He's caring. He's compassionate. Matter of fact, the Bible describes him in, in the book of Matthew as the, that Jesus is gentle and lowly. We have this gentle, compassionate, grace-filled you know, grace Father that adores us. Absolutely adores us. Uh, he, he's generous. This is the Father that is generous. Look at John 16, verse 24, just before his prayer. He says, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask. And what? You'll receive that your joy may be full. Our joy is in our constant dependence on the Father that relationship. That's why our relationship with him has to increase or start. For many of us, we even haven't, haven't started this relationship with the Father. We're invited to start that and to increase it and to grow it. Maybe for you and for me, maybe we have to stop thinking about that picture that we have in our mind of, of fathers that don't seem to add up and, and increase our understanding of, of the Heavenly Father, the loving Father. And he really does satisfy. It's not some, something we just say. He really does do everything he says. He provides salvation. He's generous. He, he's kind. He's gentle. He's compassionate. He's a comforter. He's a, yeah. He's a great physician. He's a great counselor. This is the father that I'm talking about. This is the father that invites us into his family. Uh, many of you are adopted here in this room, and you know what it's like to have been adopted and to be welcomed into a family. With, with open arms and love. I love the many testimonies I know in this, in this room of people who have experienced a loving adoptive father. Um, I'm so grateful for the three children that I have that are adopted. Um, my first three children I adopted. And uh, what a blessing and a privilege it is to, to be called their father. I absolutely adore them. And I, I, I love them as much as I love them. All right. <laughs> I love them as much as I love my biological son. We have four children. And um, it, it doesn't surprise me that God can do that in us, that he, that he adopts us 
that he loves us to the same degree to which we were his biological children. What, what an amazing gift we've been given by God to be, to be called his children. He invites us into his family. And this really is the gospel. It's, it's the invitation to the family of God. This is, what, this is how Paul put it in, in his letter to the Galatians, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. He says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The moment we become children of God, the Spirit of God comes. The Bible tells us that once we become children of God, this happens when He comes and makes His home in our hearts, is what the Bible says. He dwells within us. And the first thing that He says when He comes into our lives and we become His children, He cries out, Father. Jesus begins to scream, Father, Father, Abba, Father, through us. And, and, and works in us so that we also would cry out and understand Heavenly Father, to truly be our Father. Jesus says, Abba, Father. He says, we've been given the spirit of sonship into our hearts. And, and, and Jesus cries out in us, Abba, Father, to his Heavenly Father, through us. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but what? A son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And ladies, if you're seeing the son, 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 son here and thinking, how about the daughters, 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 to understand... <laughs> that uh, uh, the chapter before this, uh, Paul says, in Christ there are no male nor female nor slave nor free. <laughs> this is a generic term for children, all right? This, that we reach out to the Father, that this, uh, this spirit of sonship, spirit of daughtership, it just is faster to say sonship, uh, but is for male and female alike that we cry out to the Father. And that's what Jesus does through us. All of our problems come out of a gap, I think, in our understanding of, of, of God as Father. And, and, and thus, his complete work on the cross that allows us to become children of God. We, we have this gap of understanding uh, because, and, and this leads us to, to not place faith in him. We, we don't understand the sweetness and the character of God the Father who gave his life so that we could become his children. God gives himself to us as father. I want to be your father. We become his children. He doesn't come to us as employer to employee. He doesn't come to us as owner to slave. We're not his slaves. We are his children. And in that regard, I, I come to God not trying to apologize for everything I've done in any given day. I come to him knowing that I am loved by him. And when I begin speaking to him, I speak to him knowing that I am loved by him. And very often, it's only as I spend time with him that my sins are, are, are revealed through my conversation with him. So confession will come later in conversation with God. But I begin my conversation as a child of God. And I say, hi, Dad. Abba, Father. That's how I start my praying. Not, God, please forgive me. Can you imagine if that was your relationship with your child, if you have children or your, your parents? You don't even say hello, you just start apologizing? Not even a greeting, just I'm sorry. <laughs> is that how your relationship is? 
But as a child of God, we come to him as, as a child, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we can have a conversation. If we have sin in our life, God will expose that, and then we begin to confess. And we're told in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, God is what? Faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. We come knowing that we are always the child of God when we have conversations with him. We don't come to him as a fellow employee. We don't come to him as a competitor. A lot of dads compete with their children. A lot of moms compete with their children. We're not in competition with God the Father. We're in relationship with God the Father. We don't come to him. He doesn't come to us as a manipulator either. He doesn't try to manipulate us. He doesn't threaten us with rejection. You know, you know parents like this? I'm going to kick you out of my house if you don't do dot, dot, dot. Maybe you know parents like that. I was not raised that way. I was raised by my parents knowing that I was going to be a kid no matter what. I was going to be their child no matter how bad I blew it. And I tried to raise my kids the same way, that they understand, I don't care what you do, you're still my child. And we can always have a conversation. God does not threaten us with rejection when we misbehave or sin. He motivates us with love, not rejection. That's the Father. That's the Father I'm talking about. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit comes into us and cries out, Abba, in us, Daddy. That's what that means. Of all the blessings of the Holy Spirit, the one that Paul emphasizes is the spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship is what we've received. This is the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. His spirit in us comes and screams out, Daddy. And so he invites us in that relationship to be a child of God, to have that relationship. There are so many different aspects of God's spirit, counselor, keeper, healer, intercessor, friend, savior. But the first and ongoing personality trait of his spirit is to cry out, Daddy, to us. He establishes right off the bat that God is our father. Understand that Jesus, when he walked the earth, operated completely, still to this day, operates completely out of his great relationship with his Father. And he invites us to operate totally out of an extension of our great relationship with our Father. That's the invitation today. If you've experienced this relationship with God, the Father, then you can really say with gusto and with motivation and joy, Happy Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day. Abba. <laughs> now, every day is God's day, right? But uh, let's celebrate the Father. Let's celebrate the Father today as you think about that relationship today. It's possible this morning that you don't know him that way. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't stop this morning without saying to you, to all of us here, if you don't have the relationship, it's time that you entered that relationship with him. I hope I made a compelling, a compelling case for you this morning of who he is. The only way you can know him deeper is that if you enter into a faith relationship with him. To say, yes, Jesus, come, live in my heart. Be my father. And then you become his child. That's what that faith relationship leads to. Because of what Christ did on the cross, we can enter into a relationship with the father. And that's the invitation. Today, you're welcome to make that decision.
You can make it now where you're sitting. You can make it in a conversation with us. But today, don't wait. Enter into this relationship with the Father. I long for you to be able to truly and mean it, say Happy Father's Day to your Heavenly Father. Let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for your example. Lord, you didn't hide your relationship with your Father. Lord, you were not embarrassed of that relationship. Lord, it's what drove everything that you did and do today. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for the invitation to be in a relationship with you. Lord, thank you for what you've done on the cross to make this possible for us. Lord, we know that our sins deserve the penalty of death, but Father, because of your punishment, Father, we, we have access to the Father once again and to be reconciled to him. And so we give you thanks for that this morning. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Father. In your name I pray. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.